A debt ceiling crisis is apparently looming, although it could just be politicians playing politics. We have CPI this week. We have Binance halting withdrawals, and we have regional banks bouncing all over the place like meme coins, up 30, 40, 50%, down 30, 40, 50% the next day. Absolute mayhem in the market. As I was saying to Mike McGlone right before we started this stream, I'm having an increasingly difficult time understanding what is signal through all of this noise. It's an unbelievable amount of information and news flying in our faces at all times. So, of course, I have Dave and Mike here to discuss and help me parse everything that's going on. You guys don't want to miss this. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. We missed Macro Monday last week, much to my dismay, because everybody who's anybody and anyone who knows me knows that this is my favorite conversation that I get to have. I'm very fortunate to have every single week with my we'll call co-hosts, Mike McGlone and Dave Weisberger. Dave, I see you're in the uh, Formula One jersey there, so you must have had a good time in Miami this weekend. It was it was amazing. I mean, I, look, I, I'm not I'm, I'm casual, right? You know, I'd never actually gone to a Formula One race before. The the speed of those cars and the ability of those drivers to do what they do is just it's literally awesome. Yeah, I'd never done it until Singapore last year, and it absolutely blew my mind. I was at the Kentucky Derby this weekend and was strangely having an incredible experience, but also having FOMO about Grand Prix. In Miami. So I guess uh, there's a lot of fun things happening, but that's not what people want to hear about today. We want to talk about all of the insanity in macro. Mike, you know, I look at Bloomberg every morning, the market wrap, uh, and I include parts of it in my newsletter. I don't think I can ever remember a longer list of quote unquote key events this week. There was like 20 things that are happening this week that are supposed to be extremely important noise and signal, right? I'm having a really tough time with that. I like how I'm pre, um, before we hopped on together, we, <clears throat> you mentioned it, and then after this week, it's all going to be forgotten. But it's mostly the inflation day that really matters this week, CPI, PPI, and then import price indexes and things like that. And I look at it as um, the market is doing what bear markets are supposed to do. They make you feel safe and calm. They give you massive rallies. They don't allow you to get short. Being short's really hard. They take money from everybody. And then before you know it, at some point, they flip over and go down hard and stay down. I think that's what's starting in cryptos. Um, that 30,000 level in Bitcoin, that 2,000 level in Ethereum are just saying, no, thank you. Um, and so I'm always, to me, some of the data to me is just noise. And what I fully anticipate is the macro of a significant, you know, economic reset kicking in and all the data picks that way. So when, here's one key thing that's going to come out this week is PPI, producer price index. It's basically got a two beta to CPI. Fed doesn't really watch PPI, watches CPI, like, um, ex-food and energy and things like that, PCE and employment cost index, but it's got a two beta. It's a good indicator. It's right now below um, Fed funds. And by the end of this year, maybe by July, I think it's going to be minus 10% if you subtract out Fed funds. Fed funds are 5%. PPI is likely to be minus 5% by the time we print the June or July PPIs, just based on normal things that happen in commodities. 
then it's significant deflation. So the way I look at markets right now, I just want to sell everything, everything, if I'm running money. Now, Dave is doing that. I just find ways to sell everything. And the key indicators are cryptos. They're the fastest horse in the race. They went up the most. They're in a speculative boom. They're going down the most. And the sense they get everywhere is the worst is over. Like, okay, look at that trade. So the key thing, I, we just got off our morning call with our economics team. And Gina Martin Adams pointed out, she's our chief a strategist, equity strategist. She's been spot on. She pointed out that it's very rare for S&P 500 to be up this much and the, the KBW index, bank index, be down this much. So what's going to happen? I obviously you know my, my bias is once you flush out those, frustrate all those shorts, poof, everything goes down. And the only thing I really like in this space right now is gold and U.S. Treasury long bonds. And I can, that's a lot to, to unpack there, but I don't see right now what changes that. Um, and I'd love here, I'll end with this. I just love how Fed funds futures are basically everybody knows they're done and they're trying to nuance it like, oh, there's good reason. Well, of course, there's good reasons. And by the end of the year, futures are priced. So we're going to drop 69 basis points in Fed fund futures from this level. And everybody says, no way. There's one simple way for that to happen. Stock market going down. Have at it, Dave. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, is that apart from grouping all of crypto in with all of risk assets, I actually think there's a fairly high likelihood that Mike will, Mike, what Mike said will pan out. Uh, the wild card, of course, is how gutless our political leaders and economic leaders at the Fed and people in Treasury are. And, you know, if you told me, if you give me the answer of will the, you know, will, you know, McCarthy and the, and the Republicans in Congress blink uh, yes or no, I think I answer that. I, I, I'll tell you my answer in both scenarios. If the answer is no, then I have a feeling that uh, we'll have a, uh, it will probably have yet another shutdown. We've had it before. I think um, Biden may make Yellen walk the plank. And what she said <laughs> sounded awfully like the shrill denials of someone who is already standing on a piece of wood over the boat with their hands tied behind your back. So it wouldn't, and, and someone's prodding her with bayonets. You know, the reality is, why do I say that? I say that because without Yellen in the administration, the people who are actually running this country will almost certainly do the mint the platinum coin gambit or at least threaten to do so directly with the Republicans and say, listen, we don't need you. We could just go ahead. And in my mind, that's the signal that decouples Bitcoin I'm not talking all of crypto, but decouples Bitcoin from risk assets and has a trade like a, a much faster version of gold. To me, that's the event that I'm looking for, because the truth of the matter is Bitcoin is its use case is all about confidence in institutions. And I don't see any version of the world where absent the Biden administration saying, oh, well, 2022 spending isn't that bad. I guess the congressional deal is OK. Uh, I don't see any version of the world where the, this doesn't end in a mess. Uh, I mean, you know, they had Schumer talking this weekend and everyone else saying, oh, my God, the Republicans are trying to kill widows and orphans, except for the fact they're literally asking for 2022 spending to be the line. And it's, you know, the media will go along and print and, and publish things, you know, to make it sound whatever. But the truth of the matter is we have an issue. And whether they're going to print or not matters. And uh, the fact of everything Mike is saying is going to give them 
Paul is 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 going to let them know that yeah you know we may very well be about to go into a seriously hard recession. This regional bank crisis is a big deal, Scott, and it's a big deal because banks have been paying below market interest rates for a long time, and the smaller banks are the engine of economic growth in the country. Let's you know you, you could, if you cut through the crap, if you end up with a world where it's only J.P. Morgan and Citigroup, it's and you know etc. Uh, as banks, small businesses, and I'm not talking about small crypto Silicon Valley businesses, I'm talking about small businesses uh, throughout the United States are going to be deprived of capital bank lending going down. That's that is a core of why Mike's economics department is telling him things are going to go crappy because bank lending uh, going down is a serious problem for the real economy, not the stuff that we trade, but the real economy. And that is where the political pain point will be. So I look at this as, as a very important day. I mean, yeah, a very important, you know, few weeks. The truth of the matter is, yeah, the inflation print's going to move stuff up and around and whether or not Binance is going to get shut down by Interpol is, you know, the various rumors that are flowing around, you know, that, that'll have impact. I mean, absolutely. But the absolute fact is we're in a situation where we're some there, there's a game of chicken being played and whoever blinks, it's going to control what actually happens on the macro side, at least in terms of gold and Bitcoin, in terms of a, a counterweight and at least in terms of the big tech stocks in the S&P where people seemingly can ignore recession. Oh, I don't really know how. Yeah. A couple quick comments there. So one is that it sounds like you guys have the same base case, but interestingly, it's whether Bitcoin will emerge as a risk on asset like a tech stock or emerge as a high, you know, high, highly correlated to gold. So really, I, I, it's does Bitcoin go down with the stock market or does it go yeah. up with gold? And then just real one other quick point. I and Mike, you can address this as well, because we've yeah. talked about the debt ceiling in the past. You've sort of said dog and pony show. It gets resolved. This time is not different, which is probably the case. Should we at least consider the fact that i don't know mccarthy took 15 times to get elected speaker of the house and maybe politics are a bit more broken this time than in the past or is that you know nobody wants to uh walk that plank as dave sort of uh, eloquently put it well i think you're spot on um there and there's one key force uh, having done these before and dave has two and, and the most recent, I think, best examples, 2011, is markets will force them to get to the table. Um, and that's why I'm still worried that, man, we dropped 10% in the stock market. Guess what? They'll come to the conclusion really quick as we get to June when they're supposed to be running out of funding. At the same time, what happens in June, by July, that's when we're supposed to have significant signs of signs of economic contraction now now i shouldn't say signs measures showing that the signs are already there i mean we're way past that i was just um on on with my colleague in corrugated box and he said we're basically in a depression in boxes i mean when i traded treasuries in the in trading pits years ago it was one of the key things you watch now obviously it's much different now but i key i want to piggyback on what dave said i fully expect that bitcoin is going to trade more like gold someday in treasury bonds but at this stage you and you want to be like that much when it's oversold and it's trading below 20 and in 19 18 handle but not when it's bouncing up near 30 getting overbought and the complete consensus oh we're getting a halving and the worst is over i just the things you learn when having been with customers your whole life and sniffing out markets is you don't want to get bullish a risk asset in that environment it's still very much a risk asset i mean just look at ethereum i look at the bloomberg galaxy crypto index very much risk access assets and hopium that they expectation they will trade more like gold and long bonds someday 
but not yet. And to me, this is where we are now, where um, we're at that stage now is the next shoe to drop is showing it's happening right now. We're seeing that almost 4% drop in Bitcoin today. We're seeing it just can't get above 30. Ethereum just can't get above 2,000. And the key thing is when you take money out of system, I mean, I'd say NASDAQ just, it simply drops another 10%, S&P 10%. That money is going to come out of the highest speculative risk asset. 24,000 cryptos are still indicative of epitome of speculation. We're going to look back in this and say, okay, that was kind of like the stock market in 1929. So to me, to me, that's where we're, we're right now. And that's where there's two key saviors. The Fed is done tightening, the market's price for ease. They'll kick into that ease really fast if markets make them, which means treasury long bonds and gold. And um, yeah, the trade-in didn't work so well last year, but it's got that reciprocity that's going to kick in. So that's why I look at it as the debt crisis. Everything is, okay, let's get pa- what gets us past this? And the number one thing that gets you to the bargaining table is when Americans start losing money. Um, and I, I don't – it's a political pain point. Um, it, there's nothing forcing them to come to the table at the moment. But what forces them? Yeah, I, I do want to point out one thing, and then we'll, we'll continue there. Two weeks ago, we or two or three weeks ago, we kind of discussed the tens of thousands of crypto coins and that that was a sign uh, that we still need to go down further. And I sort of argued that most of them were gone and we just didn't notice yeah. it. Yeah. Since then, though, we've gone into full on meme season and it's complete nonsense. And historically, I will not say that it has to repeat. Those are our market tops. Yep. When Dogecoin and when Elon Musk is on Saturday Night Live and Dogecoin is 70 cents mm-hmm. and SHIB is going to make us all gajillionaires, that's usually a sign of at least the local top. And right now what's happening in that space is literally just people. What blows my mind is that uh, the crypto community rails against money printing and then literally just prints money and pumps and dumps these things all over the place. But uh, we can... We can uh, I just want to say you were right, right? I, I think that I, I pushed back a bit on that a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, the market went ahead and proved me wrong within a matter of hours. So yeah, it, uh, I think that was crazy. It, it is undeniable that, and that's one of the reasons why you see, you know, you see people talking about, you know, the, the Bitcoin maxi, you know, debate yet or again. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we all know that I'm not a Bitcoin maxi, but I play one on TV, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that, you know, from a store of value perspective, uh, Bitcoin is a big deal. I think Ethereum as a global computing platform, as a platform for coins, is a big deal. But when Pepe the Frog becomes worth a billion dollars and Shiba jumps and all this other stuff, you just look at this as animal spirits. I kind of look at it a little bit differently than you, Scott, though, because we've seen this before. In bear markets, you don't see uh, people, cha- you know, the, the, the hot money chasing stuff you see people you know desperately trying to do other things and so it doesn't feel like a bear market it feels like we're in a range bound market and people are increasingly saying okay where the hell can i manufacture money and you know inevitably there's there's a a rug pull that's coming and we all understand that and it tends to take the it tends to coincide i mean i i go back to the internet bubble in the 2000 you know in the early you know, stages, late stages of last millennium, you know, 1999 period through 2000, when every week there was some new stupid, co- you know, stupid coin, stupid stock that no one had ever heard of that all of a sudden rallied hundreds of millions or even to billions of dollars. And it's a similar, a similar sort of pathology that really never changed. The difference is people stopped getting, you know, the, the amount of money that went into it changed. 
And so when people see range bound trading, they're like, well, you know, it's like you, you talk to people and they go, well, our models are working great when, when the market was going in one direction. But when it stays in a range, we're getting killed. It's like, well, OK, so what do they do? Well, they take and they look for the new thing. And so you follow crypto, crypto Twitter like I do. I mean, the number of people saying, well, who's the next 100x altcoin? It's like I feel very similar to you. You're, you're, you're looking, you're shaking your head, says it all. I mean, it's like, it's still, there's that foolishness at the same time, as I will point out again, because I keep saying this, and I'll say this every week, probably. The market for Bitcoin relative to real dollars is very small. Literally every leg up in Bitcoin takes one or two uh, end investors to say, you know, I need to start DCAing into this thing because I need to get to be part of my portfolio. Will that happen from, you know, will, will that start at the top of the range? No, it will start at the bottom of the range whenever, when you're in a range or, you know, that sort of thing occurs because people sit there and everyone said, well, it should be going down, but it isn't anymore. At which point you end up, uh, you know, liquidating people. And, and the truth is, is liquidations have been, even today, it's a 5% move. The liquidations are relatively small. I was actually really surprised. Not a lot of, of leverage being washed out, just kind of, uh, Okay, we're not, no one's buying, so there it goes. But it's, you know, there's just not a lot in the system right now, which doesn't feel like the beginning of breaking the trading range to the downside. Now, that said, there are news events that could cause the trading range to break to the downside, but we're pretty much bouncing along the bottom right now. I was muted. Sorry, I look at the weekly chart. I mean, we're just trading around 28,000 for one, two, three, eight weeks, right? I mean, we made this move yeah. up, and here we are. And we all, yet again, we all want to talk about things. Well, so that, that does give us, uh, Mike, I'll let you go. But then I want, yeah. after your comment, I want to jump into then uh, what's happening with Binance, Dave. So, or both of you. So go ahead. Yeah, Mike. Well, so th that's been the key thing. We're doing that in Bitcoin and Ethereum and the exact same thing in the most significant asset measure on the planet, the S&P 500. It's still got a four handle on it. I think it's going to go four offered and head towards three. But I, and, and that's the key thing that I really enjoy listening. Dave gets this having, having lost a lot of money in bear markets and made money too. You got to, bear markets don't end like this. I just don't see, don't see that they end for not months of, um, of pessimism, but years of pessimism. And that to me is what we're heading for, particularly something like this that has 100 years of foundations behind it. And so a key thing I wanted to go over a little bit is the gold Bitcoin ratio. Here's my prediction of the future that fully expect people to throw me down the mat on if I'm wrong. But I think this is what's going to happen. People from cryptos are going to FOMO into gold for a while. It's overdue for that. It's just sensing the way I see in the market, sensing all the speculative excesses. They're going to realize, OK, I've made so much money I can get. 5% or so in a T-bill, 4% in a two-year-old, lock it in, bear market kicking in. There's a lot of excesses in here. And this thing that we call boomer rocks is going to be self-fulfilling. I think every day that stays above 1,000 goes higher, just the way human psychology works. People are going to say, all right, I got to get some of this gold stuff. And that to me is just what's starting to happen. Bitcoin holding those levels, Ethereum holding the key levels, starting to trickle down for good, solid, fundamental, speculative, excessive reasons, and gold going up for good, solid, fundamental reasons. The key point is the price of gold is almost the same as it was 10 years ago. This is the first recession for most crypto traders, and that's most crypto traders have not lived through pure good, good 
these bear markets, I mean, they think they have, but I mean, ones where the stock market's going down, where you're losing money and the Fed wants you to lose money. This is the case where we are right now. The Fed wants the stock market to go down. That's my interpretation. And they wouldn't be raising hikes, raising rates into this environment. They were. So to me, this is what's going to happen. We're going to see FOMO into gold. We're going to see a bear market to resume in cryptos, just the bounce. And that's and there's only one other bull market I see coming, and that's in treasury bond yields. And the key thing is I ask myself is if deflationary signals are all there, and that's where it becomes self-fulfilling. You get that next iteration, crypto's going down. Severe deflation means gold. Um, so far as the next subject, I think that's definitely for Dave, but that's my prediction. I, and it's already starting to happen. I think the difference in you and I, Mike, is, is you're expecting that this administration and this political climate is the same as it's been for the last hundred years. I think we have people who are, who effectively running the country, who read the opinion polls to decide their policy on the morning that they're making the decision. Ouch. That, that is a, a sad commentary on our leadership. And by the way, before anyone wants to point me in one particular camp, this is that I'm basically talking, you know, about the entire spectrum of, of political leaders here. And, you know, I think Powell feels like he's the only adult at the table sometimes. If you, you know, if you remember a month ago or actually two months ago, I predicted what the next two meetings would be. That's well, not only what they would do, but what he would say. And I pretty much nailed it because he's basically sitting. Remember, he's he's pretty close to a political independent. He was put on the job by a Republican. He's in with the Democrats. He he basically sees himself as trying to combat inflationary expectations and is doing everything he can to do it. The other thing that came out this weekend was something that was said by someone who I often, well, while I respect some of what he's done, I also understand his hypocrisy. But Warren Buffett made the point this weekend that had the Fed not put the backstop in, absolute cataclysm would have occurred, which is literally what I said on this show about a month ago. Uh, so obviously I agree with them. The, the fact is we have a really serious situation and we haven't even talked about the fact that, that, that the regional banks have problems just from the bonds they hold in their balance sheet. We haven't even talked about the value of collateral in corporate, uh, uh, you know, corporate leases and corporate real estate, which is another massive problem. I mean, you can't have 50% or below occupancy rates in every major city and not expect significantly impaired collateral going forward. And so these are big problems. I, the difference in you and I, Mike, is I don't expect that our leaders are willing to allow austerity to creep in, particularly as the clock. The clock, is, you know, father time is inexorable. You know, we got uh, six months, you know, before the only thing people are going to be talking about is the 2024 election. You know, it's like the closer we get to that, the more likely it is that 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 they're you know that right now posturing will become panic if people think that they're going to be you know held to this recession. If you're right, Mike, then it's it'll be regardless of who's running. I mean, incumbents don't win in in great recessions slash early you know early no. depressions, right? You know, and 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 it's not like incumbents don't know that. So if, I just expect to see a wave of, of liquidity entering the market based upon that at some point in the next year. And I think people that's why the stock market isn't dropping because there's enough people like me who believe that. But they, I, I agree with that. But the key thing to make that wave of liquidity come in is the stock market going down in a severe recession. So let's make predictions. The next president's going to be a young Republican because we're going to be in a recession. I don't know who that's going to be. It's almost, as you say, you can't, you got to get rid of the old incumbents. So we got a real old one. 
Um, it's a Democrat. <laughs> it was the biggest problem. Um, so the politics, I think, are big part of it, and it's amazing how it all comes at the same time as it having. So I, I, I keep – one thing I have to – that really got me into cryptos basically about 10 years ago is watching the gold-Bitcoin ratio. I mean, to me, once Bitcoin went above that price of gold, was it like 11, 2011 or so? And it went back and then, and then stayed, stayed above it as we got to beginning of 2017. That's when I believed. Um, I, yeah, I got in the chart right now. It's at the same level as it was 2017. It's breaking down. It's at 14. The level is 15. That's per ounces of gold. And to me, that's one of the best indicators for where to look for your in, for assets and things. And that's that Bitcoin gold ratio. And I overlay that if you look at like leading indicators, plunging, negative. Bank index, plunging, negative. And like you mentioned with banks early on. This is one of those things we're going to look back and say, okay, the bank crisis really started in March, right about when people were able to buy two notes at 5%. I mean, I looked around and talked to money managers and they said, are you serious? There's, who wouldn't on the planet be doing that trade? And what has the Fed done since that? Two rate hikes. We're going to look back at this and say, okay, we had something. We're going to look back and say, we've had something maybe similar to the Great Depression and very simplistically why. There's going to be, I think, another prediction calls to ban the Fed, just like Volcker got. Volcker got death threats. Parent Chairman Powell had get death threats. But the difference is he, um, uh, Mr. Volcker, helped control inflation. In this case, Mr. Powell is going to be blamed for creating a severe depression. So what did you do? You raised rates twice after the bank crisis started? History shows, just simple rhyming with history shows that you should not be involved with buying any risk assets in this environment unless you have to. It's just the way we, things work. And hopefully it won't even be a rhyme with history, but that is just from someone who's always studied financial history, just the great crash of 29, the big bike index pump of 1890 in England. It's just, uh, we're going to look back and say, you don't raise rikes, hike rates in a banking crisis. What's the key thing that caused that banking crisis? Rates going up too fast and a duration mismatch. Yeah. No, I, I think that that was the first case. I think the second bit is a secular trend, not cyclical trend, a secular trend uh, in terms of corporate real estate in, in significantly leveraged you know, purchasing and building in multiple markets. I think that that is a big deal. But look, as I said, our difference is purely on I think that we have one of these right hand, left hand things. Back here, the real stuff's going on. They're going to be completely <laughs> in the market. Here, I love that. They have nominal rates at 5%. I mean, 5% in a long term. I mean, yes, you've said this a million times. And yes, you were right a million times. The pace of increase, the rate uh, from where we were to where we are now is the fastest in history. And it isn't even close. PPI. Wow. It started at, at, at 50 basis points. So going to 5% oh, yeah, right. yeah. 10x in rates, that's just insane. But the long term, you know, if you look on a long term, a hundred year chart of Fed rates, the aberration was the, the was ZERP, was the zero interest rates. I mean, we're no we're not at high rates. I mean, uh, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. And so I think that the liquidity that's going on back here while they're they're, they're trying to get everyone <laughs> with the there is what actually matter. I mean, I, admittedly, I am an, a cynic. I am a I understand that I am massively cynical. But that's the difference. I mean, the funny thing is, is I think you and I, given exact you know, script of what is going to happen between Congress and the administration and the Federal Reserve, what they're going to be doing in terms of liquidity programs and all that, I'm pretty confident that we would agree on 
what will what would happen to the markets in, in, in a particular script. I think we just disagree on where the script will go. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't have any particular edge in understanding this. So it's not like I would invest. I mean, my thought process is DCA. But there is one point about gold that I think is really important because I also read this over the weekend. Uh, China is now, uh, you know, has been buying gold. Uh, a lot of other central banks, central bank gold buying is what's fueled this rally. And, you know, the, we haven't seen any central banks buying Bitcoin yet, uh, except for El Salvador, obviously. But, you know, it, it's clearly gold is going to outperform if the central banks of the of the of the non the United States all decide that they need to hedge. And that's something that we'll see how that develops going forward. But that's a large part of it. I mean, there are many people I do not have any i do not subscribe to this because i just don't have enough information i'm not saying no so please i'm sure there are a lot of people in your listeners scott who will disagree with this statement but i know that in the gold community there are many people who believe that gold is not a ten thousand dollars an ounce right now or at least five because of paper uh, uh derivative soprano price suppression being done by central banks or center money center banks kind of you know whatever mike is, is laughing because <laughs> crap I have. I am not saying that is true. I am not saying it is untrue. I am saying there are many people who believe that. And it's it, it, that can't happen if the ma if major central banks in the world want to accumulate physical gold. It will overwhelm that. And so that's a large part of what's going on. And, that, and in Bitcoin, by the way, just because I had an argument, not really an argument, but a couple of disagreements with various Bitcoin maxis, where I made the point that they're going to try the same thing, but they can't do it in Bitcoin. Because unlike gold, where you can say, oh, I request delivery, you know, I don't really have the ships, it's really hard, you know, <laughs> you know, there was a story you know, 10 years ago, I think it was Germany was trying to get stuff from the New York Fed, and it took yeah. years, it just takes forever. Yeah. With Bitcoin, it's instant. And so yeah. there's, if you want to, to, to demand physical settlement in Bitcoin, you cannot stop it. And so that's a very big difference between yeah. Bitcoin and gold. I know it's not the biggest deal. We, you did mention El Salvador, but we did see that Bhutan has been uh, yeah. mining Bitcoin, and we saw that the Central Bank of Russia is mining Bitcoin. So I do think we have a slight trend in that direction. But to both of your points, and we have some people calling us boomers in the comments and saying long bonds and, and gold, we must be nuts. Perfect. That's, that's what way, you want to yeah, hear. First of all, that's great. Second of all, not everybody is in crypto, guys. <laughs> everybody right? like the, the 99 percent of the world is looking at these assets. But I just wanted to show central banks are boosting stockpiles of gold in their reserves amid a backlash against the dollar. And if you dig yeah. in further, this was the largest quarter in history of yep. gold buying by central banks. Yeah, I think nineteen sixty seven. Fact. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I'm, I'm going. So I'm in New York this week. I'm going to my metals mining conference, and I'm going to be speaking about metals. And I get a lot of questions about silver, and I just like to point the peak thing about silver. You get so many bugs in this space. They all want it to go up because they're all long it, and they talk their books, which is normal. And that's why I make points, and I usually, if I get disdain from people, I usually mean I'll be right because they're just talking their books. Um, but the problem is central banks aren't buying silver. <laughs> they're buying gold. And, yes, some of them are buying Bitcoin. I fully believe in the long term, just like Kathy Wood and Jeff Booth and everybody, Bitcoin's the one to go. But – you know, you got to get through this recession first. And let's get through this. We haven't even started recession. So, <laughs> uh, most, 
the, yeah, the point so that I think is important to make here where we differ is I am not yeah. saying jam at a level. I am saying average it. I'm saying for the average yeah, yeah, person, yeah. when I, because I get asked all the time and I don't want to give investment advice. And in fact, I don't give and nothing should I say should be interpreted as investment advice. But right. the truth of the matter is my personal financial advice is always diversify. Oh, don't try to pick price levels. Try to do things intelligently. So if you are inclined to say that to agree with my worldview that Bitcoin is poised for a very large long-term move up, probably right on the heels of some really bad things happening in the economy, uh, then the answer isn't to say, let's defend the 28,000 level to death. The answer is uh, dollar cost average. Uh, I don't often dollar cost averaging at varying times is 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 kind of a tricky subject because I've been taught to say to realize that dollar cost averaging is often used by people to turn speculative assets into long term holdings despite no change in their in their belief. But when you do have a long term belief, then it might make a, a huge amount of sense. Right. You don't dollar cost average into casino chips or yeah, right. uh, the coins you put I'm in. Not, I'm not dollar cost it. averaging in ApeCoin where yeah, I Pepe. got caught, you know. That is and, not an investment. Know, yeah. know that you're in the casino. Have fun. <laughs> it, but get the hell out before they give you the next free night. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it, look, I, I'm sure people will hate on me because you go, you know, the, the labs are, are actually doing some interesting things with it. And yes, I own some ApeCoin. I bought it in the on the initial. It's down 50 percent. It's going to sit there because it either pans out or it doesn't. But these the, the thing about it is when you see, you know, thousand percent moves uh, in in coins and people are, 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 hop, are hopping on Reddit and Discord and Twitter to pump up the holdings and to try to get the to try to get someone to, to, to basically to give them exit liquidity. Uh, my favorite, I, not, not necessarily my favorite um, medium post by Arthur Hayes, who I always quote, but uh, it was good because they're always good. But but the, the, the point of don't be exit liquidity is, I think, a really important point that people should yeah. understand. You don't want the, the smart money guys to, to be dumping to you because then you're holding the bag at the top. And that is important in, in all of these things. So, you know, that mean coins, OK, whatever. I mean, not my expertise. Boomer, maybe. Uh, but the fact is, I don't think anyone's exit liquidity if they're buying Bitcoin slowly. I agree. This is the Pepe chart. In case anyone was wondering, Mike, we you know we often talk about well, if uh, jobs are at historical lows, there's only one way to go up for the mean reversion, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. eventually, what goes up must come down, right? Yeah. I mean, this is that's a ridiculous chart. I, I don't even know how to read these fractions, but I mean, it bottomed with like nine zeros there and topped with like five. I, I don't even know. Yeah, thousands and thousands of percents on manufactured money. Like I said, have fun, guys. Do it with one percent of your portfolio with a drink in your hand. <laughs> the, the one thing I do enjoy when um, having been a young person, and typically I'd get on a trading desk. The thing you let you learn when you get on a Wall Street trading desk is the old guys who made good money. You'd listen to everything they say and you heed it. I do love the young people who trade cryptos and say, "You know nothing about cryptos," and it's just wonderful to hear because, like, okay, well. I've been there. I, I learned that lesson the hard way sometimes, and like Dave mentioned, so um, that's why I, I fully expect this FOMO um, because it's so much. The, the, it's the thing about trading markets is markets have been traded since the beginning of time, and they're all the same. 
as far as the psychology of, like Dave said, you don't want to be that person providing those stops at the bottom. Now, we had a lot of those. The key thing is, um, so dollar cost average, don't leverage. And that's the key thing I think that's happening in, um, in things like the equity market is the boomers have had a wonderful decade. And the best ever on a global basis, U.S. stock market, if you're a boomer in the U.S., which most a lot of us in this, this is the main boomer area on the planet, have crushed it versus the rest of the world, versus GDP, versus sales, versus housing. And they all see this, too, you know, that 4% and say, cool, thank you. I'm 72, and why would I take more risk in the equity market? That, to me, is what we're going to face in the next year. Um, and those young people who are doing their, uh, you know, 401ks and stuff are going to start feeling that pain. It's just, it's always worked. Um, but the thing is, um, when you speculatively, I've had colleagues do this. Oh, I put $20,000 in a bunch of cryptos and it's worth 1000 What should I do? That's what they're trying to do. And they're still not getting, they still have to learn that lesson of dark cost average, yeah, never put it. it all in one place. As Dave said, diversify, but you can't hold Bitcoin without Bitcoin. I'm sorry, you can't hold gold without Bitcoin. I agree with that. But that I just look at that gold-Bitcoin ratio. Trends down, and there's good reason for it to keep going down. I mean, gold outperform um, – um, I'm sorry, it's a Bitcoin-gold ratio. Um, it's, it's a good reason for gold to keep outperforming. But we can keep going there. It's just, yeah. this is the, let's never underestimate the human nature. Human nature will never change, and we're still at that stage where there's a lot of crypto people who are just so bullish and so long, um, and – this is a bear market. But now they're bullish and long Pepe. I mean, this is literally where the liquidity yeah. is. So that's what changed for me in the past couple of weeks. But we are here. We're going to get to Binance, Dave, but we're talking about risk assets, obviously. Heavy risk assets. I've, I've got the, uh, the Pepe chart here. But other risk assets, PacWest Bank Corp. <laughs> and uh, KRE, the S&P Regional Banking ETF, right? I mean, these are trading like a Pepe on the way down. I mean, PacWest was a... $30 stock that uh, last week was $2.50 and has bounced all the way back to seven before dropping today. I mean, this is, I, I love that people are like, why did it go up 30% in two days? I'm like, because people are lunatics yeah. and are gambling. And because now we're in a crazy volatile market where no news apparently is good news. Well, that's they didn't, cra- they didn't, they didn't collapse this weekend. So let's buy it. Right. Well, that's the key thing about bear markets. They have to make it as difficult as possible to trade, as hard as possible to hold a short, uh, and take money from everybody. And I think we're just early days of that. Yeah. Do you think more more bank regional banks uh, yet? To, I obviously think that the regional banking crisis is not over, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's over. I think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of pain uh, in real estate, which is traditionally the biggest source of collateral for. Uh, for regional banks, particularly on the commercial side. The residential side seems to be, I mean, bewilderingly yeah. firm in certain markets that I can't mm-hmm. figure out, but just generally overall. It's going up here. It's going up in my part of Florida. I mean, price per square foot has continued to rise come hell or high water, but re- yeah, right. real estate right. is hyper uh, local. But yeah, that's that. The problem is the locality side. So there are going to be issues there. I, I think that that the smart people in the government understand full well that they're going to need to backstop deposits completely. I mean, I think that's fairly clear. The question is, is, you know, what do they do after that? I mean, do we now have a nationalized banking system? What does that mean? You know, yada, yada, yada. But the, the other point is when you go outside the United States, you have very different, you know, conversations. So we have this weird dichotomy going on in Argentina of all places, 
right, where the government is trying to ban Bitcoin and the central bank is doing it at the same time that the front runner right now in the presidential election coming up is massively pro. And so <laughs> who knows what will happen there. But, you know, because in countries like Argentina, Bitcoin's a lifeline to people, right? You know, and, and, and because it's really hard to buy gold. <laughs> you can't buy gold, sew it into your clothes anymore and kind of get out of the country. Uh, it's not so easy. So uh, it, it's it, there's a lot of things going on. This is a global you know, set of circumstances that people need to understand. But the U.S. banking crisis, I mean, look, you know, you can't do you can't have you can't have 10 to, you know, rates going up 10x in a scenario where the banks weren't ready for it. And, you know, why they weren't ready for it is kind of mind boggling to me, but they weren't. That's just a simple fact. And so there's going to be major drags on parts of the economy. I just suspect that uh, that the policymakers don't want to get voted out on their asses and they're going to try to do everything they can. And they'll talk about inflation, but they really care about uh, not seeing waves of bankruptcies. I mean, Mike, what do you think here on the regional banks? Oh, it's, what you're seeing in the charts will show up in the economy in a year. And it's going to be really bad. Just anecdotal. I've been driving all over the eastern seaboard. I had a son up in Maine. I'm going all the way back to Miami in a couple of days. And just a good inside connection of some commercial real estate in um, Connecticut. Um, someone I know who just bid a couple million dollars for something, half a million below the actual all the best bids because all the other bids fell out because they were leveraged. They had no. They were borrowing. They couldn't get their loans. They couldn't get the right. Uh, they're just not there. This guy I knew was bidding cash, so he was able to bid much more below. It's just gone. It's just starting. It's just, it, the, the rules, the key thing I'm worried about from commercial real estate, like we also mentioned, residential is fine, at least for, for, for now, is it's the lessons of history here we see now are clear. Um, and that is... Uh, this is a severe economic reset, just getting started. So what you typically do in this environment, as Dave said, you have to bank, backstop the banks. You're not going to force them to lend yet, are you? But the macro is you don't raise rates in the banking crisis. And we just did twice. Um, so it's just getting started. So I look at for the dominoes to, to prove I'm going to be right. And that's where I'm sticking with that key dominoes. Yeah, I'm waiting on the stock market. But what's going to go down before the stock market? Bitcoin, unfortunately. Well. We'll see. Um, I do think, however, that history doesn't always repeat, but it certainly rhymes. I yeah. think that it, it would not remotely surprise me if we have a very ugly fall uh, in much the same way as I, you know, when and I'll keep pointing this out when J.P. Morgan bought Bear Stearns to, quote, flush out and end the crisis. Yeah. Uh, not so much. Uh, and all the things we're talking about, uh, I think, kind of come to a head. It, it, it's it's eerie how the setup looks so similar. You know, as, we, mm -hmm. as we're getting to August and September, as a lot of the things that Mike is talking about, without some pretty interesting policy actions, you could very easily see uh, issues. I mean, just look, it, it, the other part of history repeating, I mean, we learned in 2008 that banning short sales was a monumentally stupid idea. <laughs> I mean, but that's the history it, of the country. Like, there is not a human, there's not anybody who People knows. used to be ex executed for short selling short in history. It's just, that's never well, changed. I'm just saying that it, this is just not that long ago, 15 no. years ago, we learned that emergency measures to ban short selling was a monumentally oh, bad idea. It, it caused all sorts of problems. It was, it didn't help. 
It didn't do anything. And yet, what are we hearing now with regional banks? Oh, ban short selling. Human nature will never change. It's like, I I don't even have words for how dumb that is. But there you go. Do you think they'll ban short selling? Do you think they're really going to do that again? No, but it's what to expect in all bear markets. You expect that. You expect um, threats to people help causes. Sorry for Mr. Powell's the, the negativity of the problem with his point in time. He's just not thinking like an economist. I'm sorry, like a strategist. Unfortunately, though, he's not going to go down in history as the best person for what's happening. It's, it's the, it's the trajectory. It's the human nature that will never change. When Dave said, "That's the history of." I mean, they were guillotine in France. It's just the way it's always been. It's, it's just why are we have freedom of press in this country. It's so important. That's why, to me, it's like what we're doing right now. What you do, Scott, is so important. As we tell what we say, what we think, with the repercussions. There's most places, a lot of places in the world, you can't do that. And that's why I think here's my outlook. What I think is going to happen is. The whole rug pull is going to go down. Every risk asset on the planet is going to go down. What I'd love to see is a divergence. Stock market making new low and Bitcoin and crypto is not. And I fully expect things like the Bloomberg Galaxy Crypto Index, which tracks 12 of them, or the broad crypto index to go to make new lows with the stock market. Maybe Bitcoin will show that divergence strength. That's my outlook right now. And to change that, I need something significant as far as massive liquidity pump. And that's the key difference. I'll, I have to end on this. What's so important is it's human nature to always look back at the last crisis and compare. That's just what we do. It's the way we do it. There's an in, I, am, I always look at them as, okay, well, what's the difference? Liquidity is still being rug pulled. The Fed started easing in SEP 2007. And inflation was still heading higher. Why? Because CDS and the housing crisis at the time. Now it's worse, but they can't ease because of these backward work inflation metrics, which I see collapsing. Um, and then by this time next year, we're going to be saying, wow, this is severe deflation, yet Fed funds are still 1%. Why don't we go to negative or, and QE? I don't think they're ever going to do that again. They're going to say, well, we learned that mistake the hard way. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the mistake that they learned the hard way was – uh, don't give money directly to the individual. Uh, <laughs> I think because we'll the day, day, you know, helicopter money to the rich is all well and good. I'm not yeah. for it. I'm not making a statement. I'm just basically saying that when you have a policy that is is specifically designed, whether you want to admit it or not, to increase wealth inequality by prioritizing capital over labor for 30 years, and you immediately switch that in a supply-constrained environment during a pandemic and hand money to people, it's sort of like you throw gasoline on and you gasoline soak a, a bunch of wood and a forest, and then you throw a match on it and you wonder why everything is burning. You know, it, it was pretty as day follows night. So now I think that's the lesson. The issue is, is, uh, <laughs> you know, what do you do about it? And, and it's, it's a conundrum for them. And when you throw in the debt ceiling debate, and it's really not really a debate, it's do we hold the line or not and who will win? All of these are, are the cross currents and, and we'll see. I mean, there's not going to be an answer for this week or next week, but this is a very interesting period of time. And, and the other stat I saw, which you could pull up, my, uh, you know, Mike or Scott, is that uh, M2, I think, is has had some one of the biggest backups in history. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned M2 because, you know, having traded bonds forever, you didn't care about M2. But I like to point out when a statistic like this that historically really matters, when it reaches the highest ever, 
and it goes down the lowest ever, and you have data that goes back that's longer than most of, most of our, our live, you respect it. And, you know, minus 4% is just the same as the bank index. It's just the same as um, deposits leaving yep. banks, and that's the kind of stuff. And so what's the Fed doing in that environment? I just look back. Hopefully I'll be alive to tell the story and write the textbooks to tell my students, yep, I remember doing that. And I, the key question will be, what did you do? Professor McGlone or whatever I'll be, who knows what I'm doing if I'm still alive. And I say, well, yeah, I warned the world. And if I don't, I'm remiss. So I just have to say, I'm willing to take risks that the hurricane's coming and batten up the hatches. And if it doesn't come, blame me. Because this is like, you just look at that. And we started pointing that one out last year. That M2, so you can't see it there. You have to use a year over year change. Yeah. Um, and it's, not can, here, 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 yeah, yeah. it's not giving it to me. But that's, that's on the 12 months. So, yeah, it, it won't really it, give it to me, but you can see that it is declining at least. Every so. listen of Booms and Busts, you know, the book by Boom and Bust written by Turner and Quinn. I, Fortunately, I had to read that one again. But, you know, I could have written some of it. Every lesson in history is all lined up right now. And the key thing is don't fight the Fed. They're so tidy. Oh, God, the Fed. We have to listen. We got a couple of minutes left. We got to talk about uh, Bitcoin here uh, for sure, because, wow, quite, quite a moment here. Obviously, Binance halting withdrawals to give people some context twice in the last 24 hours. Of course, that meant, and I don't substantiate or unsubstantiated rumors, I have no idea, that meant an excuse for people to come out and say that Binance is insolvent, they're criminals, all of those things. But what Binance said was that we basically can't get these transactions through because the network is congested and the fees will be way too high, so they're sitting in the queue. Uh, that is substantiated by on-chain data, of course, and that is because of BRC20 and ordinals there's a hilarious tweet here guys i do not take this seriously there's a hilarious tweet from zero hedge here that says B btc selling off after people realize it makes for a poor eth that's really funny because the reason obviously that bitcoin is congested is because people are making memes and nfts on bitcoin effectively and then i saw this one right below it which is really funny it says bitcoin's a store of value puts brc20 experiment on the chain bitcoin is better than other l2s despite having 400k unconfirmed transactions i heard this morning this 400k unconfirmed transactions and the total is more than like all of the 2021 bull market combined just to give you guys an idea of how much uh the network is congested so i would long way of saying i, I would tend to believe binance that uh the network is massively congested and they basically just can't do this also, to add to that, uh, and Dave, you might have some thoughts here, but people who are saying that it means Binance is insolvent don't understand that you can still, still just sell your Bitcoin into another coin or USDT or something on Binance and withdraw. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's look, just at, Bitcoin withdrawals. At, at the end of the day, I don't know. I have no personal knowledge. There are people who I, uh, mutual friends of ours who I have lots of respect for, you know, Mike, you know, <laughs> uh, Alfred, uh, and others who are, are very bearish on Binance's outlook. I, I just don't think that that this has anything to do with it. I think it's the word we use in quantitative finance is orthogonal. I think it's completely unrelated. Uh, you know, to it. I'd say that what is interesting is people jumping into Bitcoin ordinals and all of that. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like as long as it's the same, it's 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 the it's the the flip side of Pepe is the the gold rush of people to, you know, get bullshit. Uh, and hope for greater fool theory. And just so that's overwhelming Bitcoin now. I mean, it's not dissimilar to, we've seen this before in Ethereum, CryptoKitties, remember how it paralyzed Ethereum's network? I mean, we've seen this from time to time. It's, it, it, we were talking off, off air about signal to noise ratio. I look at this as noise, 
but it's yeah. important noise, right? It, it yeah. creates it creates people's worries. And and the fact is, is, you know, look, the big Bitcoin conference in Miami is next week. Oh boy. Traditionally, that's not a good sign. Market. Top. <laughs> it usually, well, it's not. I mean, if it was at 30,000. This is the interesting thing. So where will we be when we get to it? Will we still be sitting in the trading range or will it break down through the trading range to another one, you know, before, you know, and we get a V bottom after it? Who the hell knows? I mean, I, I, I don't know. But what I do say is, is historically, uh, that is not the time buying on euphoria going into the co- the bitcoin conference is probably not a really good thing and i think we'll hear a lot about ordinals over three days from people and the network and yada yada it'll be interesting when i first start seeing bitcoin maxis start yelling about you trying to hijack our money you know which will be it'll be interesting. oh you, you mean that, that the uh, you mean that the fans of permissionless blockchains want you to get their permission to use it Yes, I love that tweet of yours. I had. I was trying to. <laughs> I mean, that's mind blowing. Uh, you I, can I love it's that permissionless one. and trustless unless you use it in a way I don't like, and then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, exactly. And uh, look, at the end of the day, when you have something that is public and open, it is going to be messy. It is. It is never yeah. going to be simple. And so, don't expect straight moves. It, yeah. it, you know, expect volatility. Understand what's going on. Um, Etc. All of this is part of the same thesis. But when you when you yeah. bang around the bottom of a range and you look like you might break it, yeah. people panic. And when you get to the top of the range, people are like declaring it. You know, the war is won, and you have FOMO into the moon. And the reality is, that almost always, neither are right, unless yeah. there's some macro event. And, but, and and Mike's talking about very important macro events. But I think that the key thing about Binance is to remember it's a tree in the forest. I mean, it's a big tree, but we wouldn't have had the issues with FTX. We wouldn't have the issues with Bear Stearns and Lehman off then if the asset prices and everything didn't go down. It's the macro that matters. And then you have these stories. That, 100%. That, yeah, and that's what's kicking in. So one thing I do want to point out is markets like these, they're often times provide awesome opportunities. One example is what happens, what's happened with GBTC this year, and I'm not – pointing out a bullish or bearish, but it's up about 94% this year. And I've had people last year point out, oh, that's pretty damn cheap when it was at 50% discount. And if you hedge that versus futures, they're only up 70% this year, Bitcoin futures. Obviously, you got to roll them. But to me, that's still an ongoing trade that's going to continue and probably work in favor of Bitcoin. But it's it's the tree and it's the, the finance is just still part of that ongoing, what I say is still, this is still a bear market. Um, and it's, a lofty one, but so let's look at an example. When did Bitcoin reach that recent high around 30,000? Right during consensus. Oh boy, here we go. What do we do in Bitcoin uh, next week? What happens after Bitcoin Miami next week? Um, this leading indicator, I just respect it as leading indicator and it's telling me that uh, your bigger problem is the macro and it's just, it's, it's a tree in that forest still. I, I tend to agree with that 100%. For anyone looking for more color on either the Bitcoin conference or GBTC, actually, the podcast I released yesterday with with David Bailey, who's the CEO of uh, Bitcoin Magazine, the Bitcoin conference, all of it. And I had Mike Germano, who's planning the conference just a few weeks ago. So a lot of color there, a lot of fun around GBTC, to be quite frank. And I do got, I, this is actually, I'm not going to Bitcoin Miami this year. It's a uh, first in, in, in many, many years, unfortunately. Uh, so you guys are going to have to report on it for me. I'm sure you'll both be there. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're a sponsor. Everyone come by the booth at uh, visit us at Coin Routes. <laughs> we'll be there in force. Perfect. Well, guys, that's that's all we got for you today. It's ten twenty eight here. I, I'm actually jumping on to another show, DCA at uh, ten thirty, and then at eleven o'clock, I'm going to miss most of that. I'm actually really interesting. I met uh, one of the 
eminent llamas in Dubai. He's like one of the, I, I don't know how uh, llamas are ranked from Dali on down, uh, but he's actually a pretty cool guy and understands blockchain and crypto. And I'm, I'm interviewing him at 11 o'clock. So that should be interesting. I need to uh, brush up on my terminology. I believe it's eminence. Uh, but I will inevitably butcher it with the llama there. <laughs> Good luck with that. Cool. <laughs> thank you. It should be interesting. Yeah, you're going to be quite a day. Guys, thank you very much, uh, everyone. Tomorrow, uh, Twitter Spaces, of course, uh, with Sandeep Nailwall from Polygon. So we're going to be talking about uh, largely, which will lead from this conversation we just had about how important layer twos are going to be as we see all of this congestion and the in increased prices. Mike, Dave, thank you guys uh, thank you. both very much. See you guys next Monday. Thank Bye, you. everyone. Bye. Let's go.